Let me invite you to open your Bible to Psalm 131. As we come to this passage, uh, let us again join together in prayer. Gracious God, because you are God, it is your word and your word alone that is life for us. Because you are gracious, we trust that you will speak to us. We are here, O God. We are listening. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Let us listen now for God's Word for us. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, for I have calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with its mother, my soul is like the weaned child that is with me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time on and forevermore. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. I'll never forget just how quickly it was the tears came to me. I was at summer camp and homesick. It was awful. Uh, the tears were always close, but I didn't, I didn't cry, not until Thursday. Thursday was Parents' Day, and my mom came on Parents' Day. I watched her step out of uh, her VW bug. Do you remember those? And that's when the floodgates opened. My little childhood self burst into tears, not because things had all of a sudden become bad, but because finally things felt like they just might be okay. Now, camp was still camp, but I needed my mother. I was too old to sit in her lap at that time, but she hugged me and told me it would be all right, and I trusted that. So it's impossible for me to read this Psalm 131. It's an important psalm to me. It's impossible for me to read this psalm without remembering that moment. You know, I think this is one of those psalms that just had to have been written by a woman. It had to have been written by a mother who knows the feeling of a child at peace in her lap, perhaps scared there by a thunderclap or a skinned knee, who in a moment is calmed and quieted. What happens in that moment? The thunder still rumbles. Knee still stinks, but it's different now. When we trust that the love that makes sense of our lives is close, when we trust that the love that makes sense of the world is real, then the scary things are not as scary. When we are adults, we need to remember that and remember the holy love that makes sense of our lives. It's been a scary week. There is one story that is on everyone's heart and dominating the news as the United States has now become the country with more cases of this virus than any other country on the earth. And in a matter of weeks, it has moved from being a story about distant places to a story that's happening right here. And as I pray for those who are sick like you do, 
I'm now praying for some of them by name. We have completely changed the way we're going about our lives. Shelter in place, empty sanctuaries, closed down playgrounds, parents overnight becoming school teachers as children are going to school at home. And patients in the hospital, they're there alone as no family can visit now. It's enough, it's enough to make us wish we could crawl into God's maternal lap and be comforted. That's what the psalmist says, I've calmed and quieted my soul. My soul is like a child that is with me. I, I'm struck by the statement that it doesn't say my soul is calmed and quieted. No, I have calmed and quieted my soul. I'll admit, in recent days, a few times, I've needed my soul to be calmed. And I don't always feel like I have the power to do that. But this psalm, I think, gives some insight. You see, when things go wrong, when, when trouble comes, when we find ourselves in the midst of the storm, then the storm has power the power of disease, the power of the storm, the power of injury or fear, the power they hold is the power to hold our full attention captive. It's a deceptive power because it can cause us to believe that the whole world or my whole life is defined by what's going wrong. That's why tears came to a little seven-year-old boy in short pants at camp, because for a few days he had told himself this story. He's alone, maybe forgotten, abandoned, might not ever go home again. But then his mom shows up, and he remembers there is another story. It's a story of love. It's a story of belonging. It's a story of being claimed. And that story is true. And just remembering that that's the truth can bring calm. Now, look, it's not magic. But we do have the power to choose the story in which we will live, even now. Because, you know, today... Today is not really defined by a virus. More than that, today is defined by acts of love. Today is the day where real armies of healthcare workers are battling with everything they've got to save the lives of people they have never met. And armies of grocery store employees are showing up day after day to make sure there's enough food for you, particularly when the person in front of you looks like they're buying food for the whole neighborhood. Today is a day where millions of ordinary people are loving their neighbor, even if loving your neighbor means staying away from one another. Today is a day that parents are teaching not just math and reading, but how to make an omelet, how to change a tire, how to paint. You know, at this font, at this font, we practice baptism. 
Because in these ordinary waters, the truest story of who we are is told. Because in these ordinary waters, we proclaim and declare that there is a holy love that holds on to us and refuses to let us go. That's our story. We are God's children. We need to remember this is the story in which our lives, the font declares the love that makes sense of our lives. When the thunder claps and our knees are skinned, when our hearts are broken, when the fears wake us at night, that is the time to remember the truest story of your life. There is a holy love that has called you by name and will never let go. Crawl up into the lap, into the lap of that truth, and it will bring you calm and peace. I called my mom yesterday. Just over 30 years ago, she suffered a pretty bad stroke. I meant she couldn't work anymore, and she couldn't remember very many words. And the words that she remembers, she often mixes up. So if she wants a banana, she's just as likely to ask for a toothbrush, or she might just say, I need that thing. It's led to some pretty challenging conversations over the decades, trying to interpret the real message in the mix of the muddle. She hasn't called me by my name in 30 years. She just says, hey, love. But you know, amazingly, one word she has never lost is the word fine. Mom, how are you, I asked. I'm fine. To be locked up inside yourself like that for decades would make a lot of folks bitter, I think. But I watch her with amazement. It's not every day, but way more days than not. She greets the day content, calm, quieted. How are you? I'm fine, she says. She taught me what that looks like when I was a little guy at summer camp. And she's taught me about that in a whole different way over the past 30 years. She didn't write this psalm, but she's lived it. She has calmed and quieted her soul, content, at peace. And I, I think it's because she trusts that the God who imagined her into life and all will bring her to ultimate good. In these days, remember that's our story that God breathed you into life, and God is watching over you. Don't let the power of pain and fear consume and enslave you. Remember who you are. You are the child of God, and there is a holy love that has called you by name and will never let you go. In these days, when we can remember that, the days that we can trust that, no matter what else is going on, we will be fine. We will. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.